As creators, we share a lot of content. We spend hours coming up with creative concepts that our audience will absolutely love, or so we hope so. We spend hours also executing that content and editing it until it's exactly what we've dreamt up in our heads. Then it's time to post. You share your post, wait a few hours, and then you spend more hours obsessing over how your content actually performed. And the worst part, the entire time, you're very likely comparing yourself to everyone else who's creating content on the internet. Did you know there's actually a term for this? You've probably heard it around, imposter syndrome. When you're experiencing this thing that we all go through as creators, you find yourself wondering, why would anyone care about what I have to say? You know, little old me. Everyone else makes better content. Everyone else has more engagement. Everyone else gets more brand deals. I don't deserve the recognition that I get, even if it's not a lot. I'm not even good. You feel like a fraud. This is a feeling that creators of every follower count and niche experience. The worst part, though, is it inhibits your growth. How are you supposed to do your absolute best to start or grow your business when you're busy doubting your abilities and telling yourself that you can't do it? I'm Kristen Busquet. I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $300,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial influencer, to own your online influence and turn it into a profitable, self-sustaining business. This week, we're here with Caitlin Anthony, an empowerment coach, podcaster, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur dedicated to helping women to come back home to their authentic selves, build resilience, trade in stress for sanity, and overhaul their limiting belief systems. In her life, she's really been through it all. Divorce, motherhood, entrepreneurship, career changes, and rebuilding from nothing. As an empowerment coach, she uses her life experiences, professional training, and community to coach women to claim their personal power and live there happily ever now. Today, we're answering all of your questions about dealing with all the mental blocks that come with the territory of being a creator or an influencer. How can a creator deal with fear? Does imposter syndrome ever really go away? If not, how can we cope? What are some specific actions that creators can take to love themselves more? How can a creator tune out all the negativity on the internet and stop worrying so much about engagement or follower count? We're giving you the scoop on all of this and more. This My Biz BFFs is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 30 of Social Scoop Podcast. I'm Kristen, I'm your host, and I'm so excited that you're here, especially today because we have some very exciting news, okay? So on Tuesday, June 7th, Own Your Influence is officially open for enrollment. The 10-week group coaching program will equip you with essentially everything you need in order to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business as I have in my few years of being a creator. You'll have access to weekly group coaching lessons and Q&As, a community of people just like you going through the same struggles that you can definitely connect with, one-on-one access to me whenever you need it for whatever reason, 
and tons of incredible resources. Like we have organizational and business templates. Our pitching and negotiations ebook is included in the program. We also have a collaborative brand email list that all of my students past and present contribute to. And honestly, so much more. So what the heck are you waiting for? You have to get on the wait list so that you can enroll and grab your spot before the program fills up. We did our first cohort a few months back. The program filled up so quick. I was floored, you guys. So the link is in the description if you want to check that out. And I hope to see you there. So we've got a little bit of Instagram news. Nothing really super new with TikTok, but we've got some really fun stuff from Instagram. Um, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about this whole update. I know I missed last week. I I was down with COVID, you guys. Um, But basically, they had announced that they're really testing out this new full screen experience. And this kind of goes along with that. So Instagram is exploring the ability to upload 9 by 16 photos. That's that full screen size, same size as like a story or a reel. And that will be an option for uploading photos to, you know, your regular feed. I understand the appeal of a full screen Instagram experience. I do. However, I feel like it's just such a big change in the way that we shoot photos. So honestly, I just don't really feel like it's super necessary. I think the portrait size does a really great job of doing what we need to do. So, you know, this, this could be kind of frustrating, honestly, but you know, it is what it is. Also with this, you'll also have the ability to crop your photos to what they're going to look like on your profile. Because obviously if you have a nine by 16 photo, the dimensions of, you know, nine by 16, the, it's going to look different on your feed. And if you go to the show notes, you should go look at this. So when they showed this, you know, testing the ability to crop your photos for what they're going to look like on your profile, it's not squares on the feed anymore. Like when you go to your profile, how obviously your photos are all squares and you crop them to the square, we won't be cropping in squares anymore. We'll be cropping almost in portrait size. And that's what everything will look like on your feed. And again, this is just in testing stages right now. So we don't know that the this is 100% where things are going. But if the 9x16 photos do end up happening, then you will be able to crop them so that they look how you want them to look on your feed. But I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about it. I'm just honestly trying not to get like caught up in how annoying it makes or annoyed it makes me. But, you know, we're going to just we're going to roll with it and see what happens. Instagram is also working on the ability to hide your follower count. Okay. (laughs) Ah, this is like really, this is like a lot. Okay. Instagram allows you to obviously hide the number of likes that you get so that we know like, you know, our value is not completely tied to our likes, um, which, okay. Like I understand that some people do it. Some people don't great, whatever. Um, however, Hiding your follower count seems a little bit more problematic to me because if I'm a brand and your follower count is hidden, I'm sure there will be a way around it to try and, you know, actually see like what it is. However, this is incredibly important information for a brand. Like hiding likes is one thing because again, like they can still go calculate your engagement rate, but I don't know if there will be another option of finding your follower count. 
it's just, I understand again, the, the point behind it. Like we don't want to tie our worth to our follower count. And I 100,000% agree with that. However, if I'm a brand and someone has their follower count hidden, I need to know what their follower count is, especially if it's agencies who are presenting these influencers and content creators to brands like they need this information. It seems like it's just an extra step for them to have to go figure that out. So honestly, if this does come to life, I will not be hiding my follower account. Honestly, I just don't pay attention to it anymore. I'll tell you the honest truth. Since 2020, I have grown thousands and lost thousands and been so up and down that honestly, I've gotten to the point where I really don't pay much attention to it. I still look at it, but it doesn't hurt my feelings as much as it used to. So honestly, I think instead of hiding your follower account, if this does come to life, I would really just work on mentally making it a point that you're not going to pay as much attention or let it affect what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, do think that brands are going to need this information and it might deter a brand from working with you if they can't see your follower count. So just my two cents. You keep that in mind and and do what you feel is right. Also, Instagram is working on reposts. Okay, so this is something that they're just testing now. Again, you should go to the show notes and look at the screenshot of what this is possibly going to look like. So reposts will basically be saved in a separate tab on your profile. I'm going to read you a couple little tidbits about what Instagram says with this new feature. So share your favorite posts to feed. Share a post your friends will love by reposting your followers' recommendations. Amplify the voices of your favorite creators by sharing their original posts. Express yourself through your reposts now saved in a separate tab on your profile. So it'll be maybe like one of those where it says like, you know, your profile, your reels, your video, your tagged photos. And then there will be this repost section where you can, it almost reminds me of like a Pinterest board, you know, like you can just repost stuff that you like. Um, (laughs) However, you know, this just kind of confuses me because Instagram very recently was like, we're only promoting original content. And now they're going to basically have another tab for you to share on your profile in some capacity, not your original content. <laughs> so I'm just like, what is this? Like, I'm. what are you guys doing back there? You know, I'm not really sure um, exactly, but we'll, we'll maybe find out. Also, um, I do not have like any solid information on this, except for the fact that it is very likely going to come to life soon. TikTok is testing live subscriptions. So again, it will be very similar, I'm assuming, to like what Instagram was doing with subscriptions where people pay and get access, in this case, to your lives, specific lives that you do for subscribers. Again, I don't, there was like no information released about this, so I'm not totally sure what it's going to look like. But again, another way for creators to monetize I personally don't know what I would do for Instagram or TikTok subscriptions. I don't like asking people for money. So like I just this is a mental block that I need to get through. But I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that way. We'll have to see how it goes. But I'm excited to see if subscriptions on Instagram and TikTok really take off. It's interesting. It's a cool concept. Not sure how people are going to feel about it, though. Also, guys, as creators, I know it can be extremely difficult to find essentially like a community of other creators that are 
not only other creators, but creators that are willing to actually like be transparent and open and help other creators succeed. Um, so I have to tell you, if you're not in our Facebook group yet, we have the Social Mate Facebook community. There's over 500 creators in it. This group is growing like wildfire, okay? Everyone is so freaking helpful. Everyone is so transparent. We've been sharing rates, brand contacts. Everyone's helping each other, like, you know, price out projects. Like, it is incredible to see. There are so many posts every week. There's so much helpful information. I've been doing lives in there, answering questions. So if you haven't already, get in on this community. I left the link in the description, but I hope to see you guys there. So as always, enjoy the rest of this week's episode. I hope you mentally feel amazing after listening to Caitlin and I's conversation, and I will see you guys next week. All right, guys, we have an amazing guest today who I actually just got back from Columbia with. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Girl, I am so excited. I wish we were doing this podcast in Cartagena, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, obviously, I wish the same exact thing. That was such an amazing trip. And that's actually where we met for the first time. So I'm so glad that we were able to meet in such a fabulous place. Me too. Me too. And I I instantly just love you. And you know I love you because I did my hair for you today. Okay. So that oh, wow. is like, that's like real love. <laughs> I can feel the love. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to start out by just kind of telling everyone a little bit about you and what you currently do. Yeah. So... I'm so many things, as I'm sure, you know, that's what we are as women and as content creators. I try to focus sometimes less on the labels, right? Because I think a lot of times we've put so much focus. So the label version of me is I am an empowerment coach. I am a mom. I am an entrepreneur. And, you know, the less label version of me is someone who absolutely loves life and loves watching other women win at life. And that's what I am extraordinarily passionate about and what fuels me to get up every morning. So yeah, you know, it's a beautiful thing having social media and ways to find other women like you who like to see other women win. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about all that. I love it. I love it. And so your business, you started when? Tell us a little bit about your business. Oh gosh, it's been really a transition. So I started the Beam Life, which stands for Be Everything and More. And I clarify, it's not like a bean, like a lima bean. We're talking about beam of light here. (laughs) (laughs) I started it actually with my podcast at the end of 2019. And I started it as like a journal going through a divorce. So I separated from my ex-husband in September of 2019 And I needed just like an outlet. So I didn't realize quite what I was starting in that moment. And when I realized how it was, you know, being interpreted by other women, whether they were going through a divorce or they were just in a very like stuck spot in life, which we all have experienced, right? It was really resonating with them. And then I'd been in the fitness space and I was in 2019 and still have a one toe in there still, but I came from a coaching background. So I've been actually coaching for over 10 years. And while again, the label on it was fitness, what I realized what I was really doing 
was so much more than that. It was working with women on their confidence, on goal setting, on accountability, on mindset, on the power of community, which is all the things that I realized that's what I really love. It's not the fitness space. So then I was like, I'm going to become a certified empowerment life coach because that's really what calls my soul. So over the last, I would say, year, uh, I've really transitioned. Not only do I have the podcast, but I also now coach in a group platform as well as one-on-one. And here we are. I love it. It's really cool that you came from fitness, but realized it wasn't necessarily like, here's how you diet. Here's how you work out. That was really what you were passionate about. And it's so true. I feel like with maybe every different avenue of coaching, I think it's usually about something more, like something deeper than just like, here's how you do this. So it's cool that you were able to kind of like transition that into something that you seem to be a lot more passionate about. You know, you were able to take that, what you were passionate about and and make that your career rather than just fitness. Also, thank God you got out of fitness before COVID. (laughs) Right? Right? I was like, okay, universe, I see that sign. Awesome. Yeah. Here we go. Honestly. (laughs) Honestly. I want to first start off too by talking about fear because, I mean, I talk with obviously so many creators and I'm always asking people like, what's your biggest struggle? What's your biggest struggle? Because I'm always curious to see like where people are coming from and things that may come easy to me or difficult to me, vice versa for someone else. So what I've realized is that Fear is one of the things that holds so many creators back. It's something that Mm. I think they all deal with. You know, fear of putting themselves out there, fear of how people are going to perceive them, fear of not being good enough. Like the list goes on. Yeah, yeah. How can creators kind of deal with just being afraid of the unknown, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. Oh, I love fear. I love fear. <laughs> fear is a sign that you are onto something. Ooh. And so learning to like embrace and recognize the signs of fear. And then I'll tell you a little bit about like how I work with my clients to yeah. face that fear. But like when you feel fear, that means that you are approaching the edge of something different than where you are now. And it's unknown. It's getting out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Like we're not typically fearful of things that we know the outcome of. And Makes so sense, yeah. it's part of like our intuition and and as our brain, like we're wired to stay comfortable, to protect ourselves. Like that's how our brain is wired. It's wired for safety to protect us. And while that's useful in many scenarios, like if we are being, (laughs) you know, chased by bad guys, you know, we want to be protected, but most of the time we're also not being chased by bad guys. Right. So we got to tell our brain to kind of like shut off a little bit. And you can also tell I have a five-year-old because I said chased by bad guys, but that's also my life. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I can't believe I just said that out loud. So, so yeah, our brain is wired to do that. So a couple ways to sort of break through fear, if that's something you're feeling right now is two things. One, when you're feeling it, I like to journal about it personally, getting it out on paper takes it out of your brain. And when you put it on paper, you can like read through it. So for example, 
saying your fear out loud is a lot different than like internalizing it in your head. So you're then able to like really read it and be like, is this an honest, true fear? And like ask yourself, like, is this truth? And if there is truth to it, right? Like you're like, okay, I'm still scared after getting this all out of my brain. Mm -hmm. I like to do what's called the worst case scenario game. Okay. And it's a little game I play that I literally imagine what is the worst thing in the whole world that could happen if I do this. Okay, okay. Go crazy with it, right? And then asking yourself, can I live with that? Like, could I survive that outcome? If that were to really happen, right? Would I could I still stand on my two feet? And nine out of 10 times, the answer is yes, because we've all been through something way harder. Very and, good point. you know, that allows you to be able to take that one step forward. And action is the biggest thing here. Like, that's why Nike's slogan is just do it because <laughs> right, right. you just have to do it. You don't know. And oftentimes when I play that worst case scenarios game, the worst case scenario is still better for me than staying stuck where I am. Because if I'm thinking of something else, I obviously don't like where I'm at. That's a good So, point. you know, it's like, yeah, that would really suck if that would happen. I would totally survive it and be able to come back. And actually, the probability of that happening is not very strong and realistic, but it's better than where I'm at now. Because if I'm at now here and stay here, I'm not growing. And I will yeah. never have what could happen on the other side of that. So... Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that fear gets a bad rep sometimes, but it's something our intuition is telling us, like, pay attention. This is something you need to, to maybe look yeah. at and consider. Yeah, I like that mindset because you're right. Like fear does have such a bad, you know, like negative connotation to it. But when you think about it in the way of you're only scared because you're about to do something different, like it's not bad to do something different. And it's interesting with the whole like worst case scenario thing. Cause I, as you were saying it, I was like, wow, I totally do that all the time. Like, you know, when I was starting my business, I was like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, it doesn't work. I don't make money. Okay. Then I just like, go get a job, you know, like, and you think of it that way. And you're just like, okay, that actually seems pretty manageable. Like, Again, worst case scenario, I could handle it if it were to come to that, but it probably won't because typically when you're someone who's like in a position where you're like, I want to make this jump, I want to make this change, like you're motivated to make things happen. So you're right. Like the worst case scenario most of the time won't happen unless, you know, whatever unforeseen circumstances come and and hit you in the face. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's a good way to look at it, I would say. I really love that. Awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people, especially your listeners with creators, there's that moment that comes for them where they have to decide, is this what I want to do full time? Or is this just going to be a side gig? And that's like the big moment of fear. And like you said, you starting your business for a lot of creators, it's pride, it's ego. It's like, well, then I'd have to go back and get a job. Okay. Have you ever had a job before? Was it the worst thing that (laughs) ever happened to you? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, wouldn't you feel worse if you were in your late 30s, 40s, 50s, and you just kept thinking, what if I had just done that thing? You know, that would plague you. Regret is scarier. Totally. Even with 
the kind of fear of, I guess, like not being good enough, that whole imposter syndrome thing. I mean, I feel like I've heard that phrase imposter syndrome at least a thousand times like this week. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone feels it. It's the thing I get the most questions about when I ask, you know, what are your struggles as a creator? Imposter syndrome. I don't think I'm good enough. I think how am I here? Why are people listening to me? I'm not cool. I'm not talented. Like you have all of these kind of, I guess, limiting beliefs with imposter mm-hmm. syndrome and it holds creators back so much. So would you kind of give them the same tips or do you have any other tips? And then also with imposter syndrome, would you say that it ever goes away? Uh, yeah. Imposter syndrome is very tied to fear. So mm-hmm. similar things, especially about writing it down, because when you also you write it down, not only can you logically think about it and process it, you disassociate yourself from like, it's no longer who you are. It's now separate. And so the disassociation is like very powerful. And so yeah. writing down like why you feel like a fraud. And let me just, if you don't already know this, there's always going to be someone out there who is better than you and who always. has more followers, who has makes more money, who did something that you never expected there's always going to be someone. And you know why Absolutely. there's always going to be someone is it gives us that instead of looking at it as, gosh, I'm so envious of that person. I'll never be that person. No, you won't. Like Oprah Winfrey is in my space. I'm never going to be Oprah. <laughs> I don't want to be Oprah. I don't want to be Rachel Hollis. I don't want to be Mel Robbins. You know what I mean? I want to be Caitlin. And so, but I use those women as inspiration to see what's possible and cheering them on instead of feeling envy that I am not where they are. Right. And so I think it's really important to separate yourself. And the biggest thing, because we all have imposter syndrome, I'm not sure that it really ever goes away to answer your question because like I said, (laughs) there's always that person that you're like looking at, but here's the biggest thing. Also, like our how our brain is wired to keep us safe. We all have egos too. Like, I don't care if someone says they don't have an ego. If you're on social media, yeah. chances are you have some kind of ego, right? So remove yourself from what you're saying by focusing on service and what you're actually and why you're actually showing up on social media. And it's so important to focus on the service. And I know like when I write anything, make any kind of video, do any kind of piece, even just working with my clients one-on-one, I know wholeheartedly I'm focusing on what they need. What do they need? And so if I'm coming from this like authentic place of answering the question to the best of my ability or providing value to the best of my ability, someone needs to hear it from me. Because the way I would say it is not the way you would, is not the way someone else. And someone resonates with you. That's why they follow you. That's why they're in your community is they like something that you're doing. And don't discount that because what you have is really special and unique and cannot be copied. So- you know, while I'm not sure it ever goes away when we focus on separating ourselves from it and also coming from a place of 
service and following our mission, it can help, you know, yeah, subside it a little bit. Yeah, like I agree. I think it never goes away, but it just gets a little easier to deal with when you are more sure of yourself. And I feel like you get to be more sure of yourself the more solidified, again, your mission is or your purpose is. And that's why, like, with my students in my coaching programs, the first thing, you know, they're all like, okay, how do I pitch to a brand? And I'm like, before we even get there, the first thing to do is to have a mission statement. Like, why are you here? Why are you creating content? You know, like, you have to be able to have that before you can be motivated to create any content or do a good job of creating content or build a community around your content. You have to have some sort of, you know, purpose as to why you're doing it that people can relate to. And I think that's a step that so many creators skip because they're just like, I just want to take pretty pictures and talk to brands and stuff. But like, you know, that's just not the way it works. Again, like there's so many people like what sets you apart is you And I think if you're not sure of yourself and why you're there, it's very hard for other people to kind of like buy into that, Mm. you know, like you have to be sure of it first. hundred percent, hundred percent. So what kind of like specific actions can creators take to almost like love themselves more? I know we talk a little bit about self-love and I think that's again, going along with again, this fear and this imposter syndrome it's a lot of the times you're kind of like beating yourself up, but you're telling yourself you're not good enough. There's again, there's someone better. So like, how can we take the time as creators to like focus on actually nurturing ourselves and like building our self-love? Self-love, you know, it's everything we're talking about, like stacks on each other, which is so important. It's like, you know, building blocks. So Without self-love, it's harder to break through fear. It's harder to break through imposter syndrome. Like that's really the foundation of your house, right? Like, and if your foundation is broken, you cannot build a house. So it is so imperative, like everyone listening, that you start here first if this is a place that you lack. And self-love looks really different to each and every one of us. Social media pushes things a lot like bubble baths and spa and, (laughs) you know, but then you're going to the spa and you're Instagramming the spa because you're like, oh, I want to, you know, film this. So it becomes, yeah, it's content. So it becomes less about uh, your self-love journey and more about content again, right? So the first thing, especially because I know your listeners are content creators is finding things that you do for yourself that you do not put on social media and having those boundaries, which is like a huge thing that I work on with my clients is boundaries Mm -hmm. because without boundaries, it's also hard to create more self-love because you're constantly allowing, whether it's someone else or someone else's energy or some other thing to take priority over yourself, right? So Boundaries are super important. And that includes like, you know, when you're going someplace, it's like how much of that time is going to be spent on content and how much is actually going to be enjoying the moment. So less frou-frou stuff. And while all the spas and the baths and the things are great, 
there's plenty of things you can do for self-love that cost nothing and are far more, in my opinion, beneficial for you. And that could be things just like doing things that make you feel like you're playing and having fun. This is something I had totally forgotten about until I had a child about what it feels like just to take your shoes off and put your feet in the grass. You know, like I love that. When's yeah. the last time you do that? Or just going to sit outside and the sun, y'all, is like the greatest the medicine, medicine on earth. <laughs> so like you just going outside in the craziest day, putting a blanket down and letting the sun hit your face for 10 minutes, 10 minutes is with no phone, no distraction, yeah. just being still, listen to nature and, or the buzzing city if you don't have nature and you're in a city, right? So being able just to soak that in and breathing. I think breathing is the most underrated thing that we do every second. And we don't take, like, we just take it for granted how right, of course. beautiful breath work is. And that's something personally I've really started to focus on over the last two years. And it so much helps with all these things, fear, imposter syndrome, yeah. building confidence, because I get super worked up, you know, anxiety and my ADDness and all that. And it's just like, slow your roll, take some deep breaths, go get some sunshine and come back to it. It's not going to go away. It'll be yeah. here when you get back and paying attention to your needs, right? Like I think so often why self-love gets shoved back is that we think we'll come back to it or it's not important right now. I don't, but like yeah, I, I don't said, have time for it. Yeah, I don't have time. I don't have time to go outside and <laughs> lay in the sun for 10 minutes. What? Is this woman crazy or what? And it's like, you know, it's important to make time because like I said, you can't build the house if the foundation is broken and it will eventually crack if you do not take care of yourself, right. period. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's interesting. It's funny that you said the thing about stepping into the grass for just like a second, like feeling your feet on the ground. I literally did that this morning and had that exact statement oh, in my head. So good. <laughs> I just like, yeah, on the same wavelength today. Yeah, no, that's honestly like for me, as someone who sits at a computer the entire day, like again, job of an influencer, we are not jet setting every day, playing with makeup, like having a blast all day. Most of the day spent on the computer that drains my energy so hard, just staring at screens all day. And I'm sure it does for everyone else as well. I try and take like every time I'm at like maybe a couple things checked off of my to-do list, I go outside and I use my dogs as an excuse. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take the dogs out, outside yes. real quick. And we have a fenced in yard. We go outside, just let them run around. And I just sit in the grass and just literally sit there and watch them run around for a few minutes. And like, it's yes. even not even 10 minutes. Like you take just a couple minutes outside again, sunshine on your face. Like you come back in and you're just like, ah, okay, I'm all ready. I'm refreshed. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even take that long. So the excuse of I don't have enough time First of all, you don't need that much time. But second of all, no. you have to be able to make time. You have to make time. You have time to check your Instagram and your TikTok and record a new video and take a video of your food before you eat it. You could add all of that time up and have plenty of time for some self-love. So totally. it's a bad excuse. And, <laughs> yeah. And for those that struggle with 
that concept, something that I recommend to my clients and that we talk about is, and again, it goes back to boundaries, but it's setting time blocks. So if you work at a computer all day, it's like, because the to-do list can be a very subjective thing. Like, well, I'm not quite done with that. So I'm not going to go outside yet. Right. And like feeling like you have to do something to earn self-love. Like you don't have to do anything to earn it. Like just set the time and whatever you can do in one hour or two hours, get it done and then take a 15, 20 minute break. I guarantee you, guarantee you, you do that just for two weeks you will watch your ROI, your return on your productivity, it will skyrocket. And so it's like, yes, taking time, it's time away, but it's also so that you can pour more back into your creativity and your work. And we get creative when we step outside of like our lane, you know, our focus. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And I think that it really just is so important for creators, especially because obviously like being creative people, we can't come up with creative things when our brain is just mush. We haven't like spent any time with ourselves. Like we don't have the mental capacity to be creative because we're just like stuck to a computer or stuck to our tasks for the day. But with social media, obviously, you know, it's a, it's kind of a crazy thing because again, we are spending our time on our phones, on our computers. Like it's hard to escape it. But again, I think small spurts of I'm going to go take my time for myself is very much accepted, encouraged, and I think honestly mandatory. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So with social media, obviously, again, it, it's kind of uh, its own ball game compared to so many other different jobs out there. One thing creators, I'm sure most of them experience, or if they haven't yet, they probably will experience, is kind of just like this negativity of the internet. I personally on Instagram have had all pretty much good experiences. You get the one troll from time to time, of sure. course, but you know, you build your community. It's typically a pretty safe space. But like for me, it's been whenever I do like whitelisted ads or my my face is on an ad somewhere and you look at the comments and you're just like, oh my goodness, people are horrible. People are horrible, yes. especially people on Facebook. I don't know what it is. Facebook and people TikTok. are so mean. They're so mean. People are horrible. So how can creators kind of tune out that negativity? Because I know for a lot of people, like that's something, again, I think holds them back from even starting because they're like, I don't want to deal with mean people. Like, I don't want to read mean comments all day. And obviously I think it's difficult, but like, how can we kind of tune that out as best as possible? Yeah. And again, this is all building on each other, but the best way to do that is like in order to go outward, you have to go inward. And this goes with like our self-love talk and like building our worth. And just like how there will always be someone ahead of you, there will also be someone who doesn't like you always. Yeah. Someone who doesn't think you're smart enough, someone who doesn't think you're pretty enough, someone who doesn't think you're qualified enough, that your content's good enough, whatever. But other people's opinions of you are literally none of your business. And I don't remember where I heard that quote, but it has stuck with me for like five or six years. And 
when you recognize I've done a lot of work in therapy, obviously I'm trained as a life coach. I work with clients all the time with comparison, imposter syndrome, confidence building, all that stuff. But what it really comes down to how other people feel about us, it's because of their own shit, basically. It's their own stuff, right? And how they interpret what you're doing is how they've interpreted it in their own lives. It actually has nothing to do with you. And so if we spend all of our energy worried about this one possible troll or multiple trolls, then we're not focusing our energy on like what our actual mission is, which is showing up and having a business and providing something for whatever your community is, right? So again, like we could allow that fear to hold us back, but is it significant enough of a fear? And could you get over it? Like, what's the worst thing someone could call you to someone that might be (laughs) about bodies to someone that might be about their intelligence? Like we all have different things, but what's the worst thing? Have you ever been called that before? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And can you block that person? Yeah. Or you could just ignore it. Right. And so I think what even is more important than all of this is asking yourself, like, because I'm sure you get it. They're probably like, Kristen, I want more followers. I want more people. I want a bigger community. Like, it's more and more and more and more and more. How do I grow? How do I grow? Yeah. But with more comes more possibility of this stuff. So you have to really pay attention to what you're asking for. Like, if you were to close your eyes tomorrow and you had a million followers— Could you actually mentally handle that? No. No. Right? Could you (laughs) mentally handle not only the comments, the interactions, but how much energy it would take, right? Like you would, you need a bigger team. We're not ready for that yet. Mm -hmm. So we are only given truly what we can handle in the moment. So preparing yourself for now before you actually grow and get further, because the smaller your community is, the less likely you're going to face those things, right? Right, right. But the more you put yourself out there, the more like ads and stuff you're doing, that possibility becomes bigger. So it just becomes about being secure in who you are and realizing whoever, you know, whoever, whatever their name is over there and, you know, the (laughs) middle, wherever is saying things about you, then you know, it's on them. It's their problem. It, yeah. It's their problem. It's a them problem. So, yeah. It's a th- totally a them problem. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and in my experience with getting these hate comments, I don't, again, I don't get them a lot. I'm thankful. And again, my community is fairly small in comparison to other people's. So when I do get them, I feel like I'm able to kind of like brush it off when I think about like, Okay, I get one troll for all the other thousands of great people, you know? So, like, I kind of look at it that way. And you're so right. You can block them. You ignore them. Or my favorite thing to do is just comment and be like, you know, it's really funny that you're, like, saying this because you're actually just helping my engagement by commenting. Totally. Totally. Like, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, one thing you kind of touched on before that I wanted to dive into a little bit more is... I think it was when we were talking about imposter syndrome, about the idea of there's always going to be someone who has, you know, bigger follower number, a better engagement rate, you know, more likes, more comments, whatever it is. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's difficult for creators to like, when they focus so much on numbers, 
And again, I think that's why it's so important for you to have this mission statement. But when you focus too much on the numbers, I think that can be really harmful. So like, obviously, Uh when we're, you know, we want to work with brands and things like that, a lot of that depends on these numbers. So how do you kind of balance the idea of, okay, I need to have certain stats in order to do my job pretty much, but I also have like am worrying about looking at these stats so much because someone always has more than me. I never feel like I'm getting enough. I never feel like I'm doing enough. So how do you kind of like balance that? That's a tough one. I think I struggle yeah. with that among a bazillion other creators. So I look at this kind of like a fitness standpoint because mm-hmm. while I am a creator and all that, I think wholeheartedly I'm a coach. And so I don't look honestly at my analytics that much. I probably should more. But here's how I look at numbers in anything, whether it's numbers in social media, numbers in your bank account, numbers in on the scale, right? So mm-hmm. I'll look at this from, from a fitness standpoint. And what I used to always tell clients is that Numbers don't mean anything about who you are. They truly don't. Like whatever your follower account is says nothing about who you are as a person because I know a lot of really crappy, shitty people who have (laughs) a lot of followers, okay? Good point. And I also (laughs) know a lot of great people who don't have a lot of followers, okay? So your numbers mean nothing. But also changing your relationship with numbers as looking at it as feedback, right? And so again, going back to the fitness world, if someone gained weight on a scale, that didn't mean they're a bad person that they did something bad. It's feedback saying, okay, well, let's look at what you did this week. It's feedback that something isn't working. Right. So numbers are helpful. Like when we look at numbers in a different way, Numbers are actually like a really good tool to help guide us. Like if your bank account number is significantly low, you can just keep thinking, wow, I am a terrible person. I spend too much money. I'll never get this number thing right. I'll never be wealthy. Or you can say, wow, this is feedback telling me I'm spending more than I'm making. So now I have a decision to make on how I want to spend my money differently or with social media. I'm not getting the engagement I want. Okay. Well, that could also, are you going to, you know, beat yourself up about it or say, why? Why am I not getting this? What is it that's not landing with my audience? Is it the product that isn't right? Is it that my message and my tone isn't right? Does it not feel like, am I actually authentically even loving this yeah. product? Because people can feel that authenticity, right? Like oh, yeah. for me, if I'm talking about, I don't know, something I could care less about, people are going to know that. You know, if all oh, of a sudden yeah. I started talking about some mattress, people were like, what? <laughs> Caitlin, they why are you talking about some out. mattress? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's really important. And if you decide, like if I decided I wanted to partner with a mattress company, you know, then I own that and I realize, okay, here's how I'm going to do it and why I'm going to do it and why it's important, you know, and yes. tying it back into, again, your mission statement and your brand But numbers are just feedback. And when we learn to change our relationship with numbers, and that's for all kinds of numbers, we can actually see them as information and not as like a measurement of self-worth, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I completely agree. I think it's a good way of looking at it. Um, You know, like I track my analytics every week. And of course, it's nice to see when they go up. So I do. That's a nice mood booster. But if they go down, 
again, it's a nice way of looking at it. Not like, oh man, I just suck this week, but like, okay, so when I did this, you know, that I tracked here, this number went down. So like what happened in this week that we can change? And I think it is important for creators to look at it that way. You know, like I don't want to tell a creator to just, oh, don't pay attention to your numbers. Cause again, I think there's too much riding on it to not. And you're right. You can get so much information that will actually help you improve. And then again, you know, you maybe go on to do bigger, better things, you know, that you wanted to do. So it's a great way to look at it to kind of, you know, not beat yourself up about it, but more use it again as a tool. So I love that. I want to talk a little bit about business specifically and how kind of like self-love and acceptance can relate to business. Obviously, you know, we've talked about this, you know, idea of fear and imposter syndrome and things like that. But how can being, you know, more accepting and loving of yourself actually help you grow your business? You literally can't grow your business without it is what I'll tell (laughs) you. Um, (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Done. No, like our business is an extension of who we are, right? And so it's even been modeled to me in my own life. Like I, I mentioned at the beginning, you asked how I started my business. I was going through a divorce, so I wasn't my brightest beaming self, it was like everything I could just to get out of bed. You know, it's just like being hit at every angle. And so when I knew that the beam life was something I wanted to be more, I was like, okay, do I want it to happen now? Sure. But I'm literally not ready. I'm not in a place where I can actually have a business because I'm not well, I'm not well. Right. And so I use just the podcast as a little while, like There's no monetary association to it. It was just something I loved. It was for pleasure. It was for joy. And it's still pleasure and joy to me. Like, I love it. So it's because being a creator and being a business owner in the space that we're all in is so personal. Like, you literally cannot have a successful business without it. Like, you can start it. You can get it off the ground. But yeah, sure enough, like, it will catch up to you. And it will be something that will stop you in like in your tracks. Like I've seen plenty of people have full-blown anxiety attacks, you know, panic attacks, meltdowns. And it's important too when we are in this fragile stage of growth that you really, really pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with because that energy is going to build you. And so that's why I think it's so important to have coaches, to have community, to have mentors, because when your self-love like well is down, like it's not at its top, you've got other people that are going to help pour into your well as you've poured to others. And you're not going to be depleted versus if you have people who are just energy suckers and take, 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 you're already not full well will become even more empty. Right. Right. So it's so important that who you have in your business, around your business, your own personal life, it's all an extension. Like you can't literally have a successful business without it. Yeah. Like you have to have that good support system around you of, you know, other people, but also like you being your own best support system too. 
you know, like we said, I think that is so important in order for you to move forward. You have to believe in yourself. You have to, you know, tell yourself you can do it. All of those things. I feel like you kind of have to be your own best cheerleader and have that really awesome, you know, support system in place as well. I think about like, for me in my past, like every business decision I've made, I think I've been able to make it because I've always said to myself, like, I'm not going to let this fail. Like I can do this. You know, I love myself enough to like know what I'm good at and really take those things and say like, I'm good at this. I can do this. I'm not going to let it fail. And all of those decisions obviously have gotten to me to where I am today. But again, I feel like if I didn't have any of that self-love, how many times would I have told myself like, oh, you know, like this is never going to work out. Like I can't make this happen. Like, you know, and, and it really does make such a big difference between that and the whole, again, like worst case scenario thing. Like, I believe in myself. I can do this. What's the worst that's going to happen? I can handle that. Cool. Yeah. We got it done. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, totally. So at the end of every episode, I give my guests an opportunity to ask me any one question. So let's hear yours. <sighs> Let me think here. We've been talking about so much about, you know, fear and challenges. And mm-hmm. so I want to know what is the biggest challenge you're facing right now in your business and what are you doing to tackle it? Okay. I guess I'm in the middle of tackling it. So it's less of a problem, but I would say kind of like, I guess it would be boundaries. You know, for me, I have my business. I have my own social media platforms. I'm planning a wedding. I have my family. I just got a puppy. Like, there's so much going on. And I realized that I was spending so much time on all of my tasks, all of my business stuff that, like, I did not leave myself enough time to, again, like, fill myself back up and take Mm. care of myself. And so I realized that I am like a crazy control freak and <laughs> this was not going to work I think most of us probably forever. are. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. It's hard not to be when you're a business owner because like you want things done the way you do them. And that was always something I, I struggled with and I would do everything and that's why everything took so much time because I was afraid to outsource. So I actually just in the last two months started outsourcing And I'm not even kidding you. It is literally like it's been such a short amount of time and it has changed my whole life. Like I want to outsource everything. Everything. I I know. Just do it all for me. This is amazing. Yeah, I I spent a lot of time, again, because I, I want things done the way I want them done. I spent a lot of time finding the right people. That was the biggest challenge. That was the biggest time commitment. But honestly, once I was able to find those people... I told them how to do things and then I just let them do it. And that was hard for me to like give up the control. But oh, honestly, so good. now that it's been kind of like any kinks are worked out, like everyone's running smoothly. We are a well-oiled machine. And honestly, like I just have so much more time. I read books now. I just like go sit outside. I saw and read your a post book. about reading a leisurely book, and I was like, like "Go, what? Kristen, <laughs> get it." I I love it. It's honestly, it's been life changing. I've been preaching outsourcing for the last two months to everyone who will listen. <laughs> but here's the thing that I think is so, like, especially even if you're in the foundational state of your business, 
people's biggest fear is, well, I don't want to hire out because that's going to cost me money. Like number one, right? Like I don't want to, like, could I use someone? Yes. But I just, I don't want to share my proprietary information and I I want to keep all my money. money. (laughs) So here's the deal though, that I always, I am like the big number one, most like proponent, like biggest proponent of just hiring out. But if you're hiring someone and losing money, you have a problem with the person you hired or you're not coaching them well or telling them what you need. Because the whole point of hiring is so that you can grow and you can be in places to generate more revenue. You can't generate revenue effing around with lighting and Canva and all of that and Lightroom. That's money spent, not income coming in, right? And so, so important that you have people you can trust so that you can be more places that generate bigger revenues. And so I'm the number one fan. I love that you shared that. That's so good. And it goes along everything. That's self-love right there. Yeah, Knowing what you need. It really is. Knowing what you need. It really is. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so helpful. We really needed an episode that just like slap some sense into people because (laughs) I, I feel like we talk so much about logistics and do this and do that. But like, I think it's important to like also take the time to again, like come back to the, again, foundation and make sure that all feels good and everything. Cause we can't do all the logistical things if we haven't figured that out first. So thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Yes. Where can everyone find you? Instagram at the beam life. That's my number one place. And I've gotten a great text community as well as Facebook VIP group, but starting on Instagram is a great jumping off point. Perfect. Yes. And I'll have everything linked down below for you guys. Obviously, if you have any questions, I'm sure Caitlin is fine with you sliding into her DMs and helping you out how she can. Thank you so much again. I hope you guys got everything you needed from this episode. And now you're feeling fearless and ready to take anything on that comes your way. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. See you next week.